right, News Talk 1110-993-WBT, hour number two, the Pete Callender Show. Thanks so much for hanging out. I appreciate it. Remember, you can get the podcast at WBT.com and ThePeteCallenderShow.com. You can also email me, Pete, at ThePeteCallenderShow.com. And want to welcome back to the program in studio, uh, former governor, former mayor, current U.S. Senate candidate, Pat McCrory. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm loving it. In between breaks, we've been doing this for how many years? We debate 20, in between breaks. About 20 years. We were doing it here in Charlotte when you were in Charlotte. Yeah. We did it in Nashville, Nashville, and now we're doing it again during right. the breaks. You and I have some actually fairly interesting debates on oh, conservatism, so. <laughs> on liberal liberalism, uh, on on uh, libertarianism. libertarianism. Mm-hmm. We've you and I have had. Mm-hmm. I've always accused it's you amazing, of really not being a libertarian. Right. It's amazing how long I've been doing this. And you still are wrong on so many things. <laughs> it's like I've I have no persuasive ability none, at all. None. 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 So all right, that's well, what I said about Bo Thompson all the time. You're wrong, Bo. But that's true. That's generally true. Okay. So let me ask. Uh, I'm just kidding. I love Bo. So let me. Uh, so let's start. I don't, uh, how I... is the? I'm going to ask you how the campaign is going. But I saw the what was it the recent polling? There's a lot of undecided. So I guess maybe we start there. You're going to say the campaign's going well. No, I don't You're... know. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I mean, there are polls showing us getting beat. We were, in all the polls up till four weeks ago, we were 10 to 20 points up. Okay. And then the Club for Growth, or as J.D. Vance says, the Club for Chinese Growth, because Fair. they're a very pro-China interest group, which most people don't realize. The mm-hmm. Club for Growth was against all of Trump's uh, trade policies mm-hmm. with China, with Mexico. Club for Growth fought them all. Club for Growth was against some of the immigration policy of Trump. I heard you're very pro-illegal alien now. <laughs> I, I saw that in the TV. <laughs> I heard <ad>. that. <laughs> Which was odd because I remember 20 years ago when illegal immigration first started kind of mm-hmm. exploding. You set up, as I recall, like the first task force mm-hmm. that would look at the, the local impact that these national policies were having at the city and county level. First local politician to ever bring that up, and now that's being used against me in a commercial because they took one small clip out of something I said when I was 41 years old, going, yeah, there are a lot of illegal immigrants in Charlotte. In fact, they left out the rest of the sentence. They're the largest birth in our hospitals. Mm -hmm. No one's keeping track of it. Mm -hmm. They're the largest increase in our school system. The school system doesn't keep track of it. Mm -hmm. I was extremely critical. But they I had, remember. And I said a lot of these are hardworking people. True. Which they are. are what, was that the clip they used? Yeah. That they're hardworking people? Yeah. Or that they're contributing to a lot of hard work. They are. That was, well, that was one of the findings of the task force, which you did not serve on. You, you created the task I created force. created it. And had all these people from all these different sectors, and they, they talked about there are pros and cons. And then, look, this is the problem with stuff nowadays. It's like... There are these are complex. It's like the abortion issue, Roe v. Right, Wade. Right. These are complex discussions. COVID as well, but we have lost any kind of ability to have a complex discussion. And when you have the task force that came back and said, "Look, here's the one side of the ledger. Here are the benefits," because right. you have to address those those benefits because there are some real benefits. Now there are a lot of negative effects as well, which the task force also uh, produced. And then it's up to policymakers right. to determine. How do we use these pros and cons? I was proud of that task force. I was the first mayor of the United States. To Jim bring Pendergraf up, ran it, did he not? Was I he? believe, yeah. And he and I put up the program, which we started tracking illegal immigrants when they were arrested in the, the Z, 287G. The 287G program. They left that out of Ted Budd's commercial. 
and the Club for Growth commercial. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Pendergraf and I were the first people in the state of North Carolina to take a hard line against illegal immigration. Pendergraf, a Democrat who went to work for the Bush administration, putting 287G into sheriff's offices around America. He actually retired out early to go do that work. And I was the first mayor in America to go, we got to get behind this 287G program. Mm -hmm. By the way, when I was governor, I vetoed a program by the Republican legislature to 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 weaken V-Verify. E-Verify. I'm sorry, E-Verify, which Ronald Reagan started mm-hmm. as part of his immigration to ensure that employers wouldn't hire illegal immigrants. They checked their real identity. My own Republican legislature, when I was governor, some who have endorsed Ted Budd, weakened it. I vetoed the bill, and the Republicans overrode my veto. I was the conservative on illegal immigration, and yet Bill Berger and others who are endorsing Ted Budd were the liberals because some special interest group were saying we need to hire these illegal immigrants. Is it so? Is so? Yes, there's the you've got the special interest component. Oh, very as well. big in employees, big employers, right? Absolutely, and, and agriculture, absolutely, absolutely. So very powerful North Carolina legislature. And so, but they kind of swept it under the rug. When I vetoed it, they overrode the veto. Real quiet, didn't do a press release. And now I'm seeing commercials against me being the liberal on illegal immigration, which is a total false, false statement. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Here as mayor, I was the first one, the 287 uh, uh, Z or G, I can't G. remember, G, G program. Well, they got rid of it. It's I all been remember. dismantled now for some oh, other yeah. kind of program, 287G. And it was a great program that Sheriff mm-hmm. Pendergraf started, and I give him full credit. And, yeah. And I made sure our police followed that program. Because we're rearresting the same people not knowing their real identity, and that is still happening today with illegal immigrants. Because many of the illegal immigrants we we arrest have false identification that they got <gasps> no. in Mexico or Colombia or El Salvador yeah. or Venezuela now or the Middle East. We don't know the real people we're arresting. Mm-hmm. And I was proud to bring that up as both mayor and governor. And then part of the ad that the Club for Chinese Growth brought up was Pat McCrory gave driver's license to illegal immigrants. Were they aware what the law was when Mike Easley was governor? Because they were handing those things out. That's how the 9-11 hijackers got driver's exactly. licenses. Well, I was required. This was a fight back and forth for years. Oh, I was required by law. A judge ordered me to do it, and it was only for three classifications. One of them was for, not, it really wasn't as much as illegal immigrants, for non-citizens. And one of the classifications I was ordered as governor to give driver's license to was non-citizens who serve in the U.S. military. Hmm. They missed that in the commercial. See, it looks better to say McCrory gave driver's license to illegal citizens. But what I did in doing that when the judge ordered and Tony Tatum, my secretary of transportation, we put on the driver's license, we actually designed it in the governor's office, we put non-citizen or citizen on the driver's license so it couldn't be used at the voting booth because at that time I was also signing a bill for voter ID which the court stopped but on the driver's license we're putting citizen and non-citizen on it and yet a TV commercial by Ted Budd supporter the club for growth or the club for Chinese growth as JD Vance says about him yeah they're an evil group in fact JD Vance on his election night in Ohio last week said they were the most, uh, it was either disgusting Washington political group we've ever dealt with. Mm. And I would agree with that. My guest is Pat McCrory. He's running for U.S. Senate.
News Talk 1110 wbt The Pete Callender Show. Joining me is uh, former governor, former mayor of Charlotte, uh, Pat McCrory. He's running for U.S. Senate. We were talking about the Club for Growth. Mm. Uh, and during the break, we were kind of going over. And I'm, I'm curious if you can if you can identify why this organization, because my recollection was that they were they are a conservative organization and that they were. Uh, you know, defenders of free markets. They were defenders of conservative ideas. And now it seems like they're kind of all over the place. You mentioned before that they've actually gone against Trump policy, the America first types of things, yet they fund candidates who are America first candidates and endorsed by Trump. So where do you track this organization and whatever change that they may have undergone at some point? Was there a change? Have you been able to discern any of that? Well, they're originally meant as a conservative free trade organization, total free trade with China, total free trade with Mexico, total free trade with the rest of the world. It was more of the Bush alignment of free trade and Nixon and everyone else. Yeah, know. I mean, that was the dominant That was the dominant philosophy. Republican thought. Yeah. So they were founded by a current, the Pennsylvania senator right now. I, I can't recall his name. He's retiring this year. He was one of Toomey? the- Toomey? No. Toomey. Oh, okay. Toomey was one of the original founders of the Club for Growth, and okay. he's been a longtime senator. But you can see, so they've been a total free trade group. In fact, I talked to them, and they said, would you be for any tariffs on trade? And I said, yeah, I think if it's not, if it's not fair trade, absolutely, which is where I agreed with Trump. Absolutely, where we're treating China as a third-world country when they're a major economic uh, rival mm-hmm. of ours. and. Our trade policy was horrible, and this is where Donald Trump was dead on. And so, but the Club for Growth fought Donald Trump during its first two years on all the trade tariffs, which is kind of ironic. But the Club for Growth started financing a lot of the Freedom Caucus members of the Republicans' House, mm-hmm. and that's where they got their paws into a lot of these people, including Ted Budd. They financed Ted Budd when he ran for Congress six years ago, was in a big runoff, and uh, they gave a million dollars to him, and his father also gave a lot of money to the Ted Budd's got a very, very wealthy father in the janitorial business and landscaping business, and used to be seed business, but that went bankrupt, which is a whole nother issue. Yeah, we talked about that uh, when that yeah, that was, was that was when George Soros was actually a eight percent investor, the largest investor in the seed business, and in a private sale deal which is kind of interesting. I mean, it was a publicly traded company, mm-hmm. but it was a, a nice little private deal that he got that people get when they invest in companies mm. that big of investment. But uh, that went bankrupt. But going back to the Club for Growth, they have become in Washington known as kind of a pay-to-play group. If you could raise the money to give to them, then they'll put the money back into your campaign. And um, they're very tight to Meadows, Meadows was former a chief of staff, former chief former of staff. So they're very tight with Me- there are three club for growth, uh, congressmen in North Carolina or four. Let's see Ted Budd, who they basically paid to get him elected. Ted Budd. Won that was with- a very crowded field because it was yeah. an open seat, I right. think. Yeah. And, and there was Ted like had seven- very wealthy father, put a lot of their own money into it. He won with 6,000 votes in a Republican runoff, 6,000 votes. He won a congressional seat and, now he wants a promotion after three terms. Mm-hmm. I can't think of one thing that Ted Budd has accomplished in the U.S. Congress, but he has voted the exact same way that the Club for Growth has wanted him to vote, even when it was against Donald Trump. 
including Donald Trump's farm bill, which every other member of the Congress supported in North Carolina, Republican and Democrat, Ted Budd voted against the the farm bill, which uh, Congressman Rosier was a big mm-hmm. ri- help write it. Um, very important for Eastern North Carolina. So um, I can't figure out the club for growth. They went against J.D. Vance uh, in Ohio. But and lost. Uh, they lost. Who was their candidate? Was that Mandel? Mandel? Yeah. 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 And uh, election night, J.D. Vance said they were, yeah. I'm sorry, they said they were the grossest political organization I've ever dealt with. And he basically yeah. told him to shove it on election night to the so that it, it raises interesting implications then for the House Freedom Caucus. I know you're running for U.S. Senate, so mm-hmm. it's not your side of the chamber uh, if you were to win. But um, that it, it does it does raise a lot of questions for me going forward with the Freedom Caucus members. Um, but so let's let me ask you now about the Senate run, because you said you earlier that uh, uh, you've seen the polling and you're, you know, you're down this amount or you're down that right, amount. Right. There's undecideds and all that. But it, I mean, everybody seems to be uh, treating you like, and Mark Walker as well, like, right. It's a, this is over. Bud has Well, it. T- Ted Bud's avo- missed all four debates. Right. But if he does, so from a tactic standpoint, right, if I don't ever have to debate you. And if you're not good at debating. Which, now that's my question is, is he not good? Now, maybe Sherry Beasley doesn't want to debate him either. Sherry Beasley also avoids the debate, so the potential two front runners are people who avoid debates. Right. So we could Which is uh, great for our democratic process. They want to join the greatest deliberation of debate, uh, supposedly. Yeah, suppo- but I, there is, you do have. It's not the greatest deliberative body I, I just anymore. Said, I just said supposedly. Okay. All right. But Fair. you do have to learn to debate. Yeah, it I would helps. think so. It, it does helps. Help. Yeah. Um, and some of the greatest senators in history were great debaters who mm-hmm. stood their ground and made their arguments, not only convince other senators, but to convince the American people right. of what they were doing. And it's a nice skill to have. But maybe it's not any longer. Maybe you don't Maybe need, it isn't. Maybe you just need to put I do out a think, video clip I from the I do think it was on behalf of Mark and myself and the other 12 candidates that are running, for, for Ted Budd not to show up to a Republican debate is... Um, it's disgraceful. I, I can't imagine Jesse Helms missing a debate. But didn't he not? De- I thought that was one of the things. He didn't debate either. Oh, he loved debates. Jesse. In the Republican primary? I don't think he ever had a Republican primary. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> he debated Jim Hunt, though. Yeah. yeah. And, and that made a big difference in that race. Yeah. Uh, Jesse was a role model for me. I got to know him extremely well. And I think he'd be rolling around right now going, are you kidding me? Yeah. Ted Budd's not going to debate. And... It, it was embarrassing. The first debate had an empty podium. They offered to bring empty podiums to the other debates. I said, no, let's don't, don't make a mockery of it. That's his decision not to debate. If he's too weak to debate. Uh, but the polls show right now, the Meredith poll, which is the probably the best poll for me and the most accurate in previous races, uh, showed me seven points down, but 31% undecided. Yeah. So the yeah, and the issue Which for me is a on huge the, thing and and the end of the poll said it's up in the air for either McCrory or Bud. We'll find out. Yeah, the turnout's horrendous. All right, hang on. You want to stick around? Yeah. I'd All right, to. Pat McCrory in studio. We'll uh, pick it up there in a minute. News Talk eleven ten ninety nine three WBT. Um. All right, so I want to ask with the the headlines, obviously, over the last week, mm-hmm. Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I came across uh, 
This was an editorial by your friends at WRAL. Uh, the editorial by Seth Efron, former comms guy for mm-hmm. they Easley, have it. They don't Purdue. like me too well. At no, uh, but this is why I'm going to read you this Uh-oh. this part. You ready for it? Uh-oh. There, the editorial is protect reproductive health care for North Carolina women. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and about five paragraphs in, it says North Carolina's current laws are appropriate and adequate. I thought, wow, they that's almost me. an endorsement of you. They fought me on. Right, the law I signed. Yeah, how that Tom how Tillis and myself and uh, Ruth Samuelson, yeah, worked together on. How far we've come? Just what six years? Yeah, and now they they recognize. And it was ironic. The owner of WREL, Jim uh, Goodman. Jim Goodman. He helps finance the protesters that used to go against me. All the liberal protesters and Reverend Barber and Operation Blue and yeah, yeah. Moral Monday uh-huh. and all that stuff. And now my Republicans are, you know, all the liberals hated me. And now my Republicans are saying, you're not a conservative. I'm so, going, yeah, really? This, this gets to this other issue of <laughs> what happened. So you you signed HB2, yeah. drawing the wrath of the left over that. Yeah. Um, and you also uh, I implemented was, I was, uh, abortion clinic restrictions. I was DeSantos before DeSantos, DeSantos on that issue. DeSantis. Yeah. Sorry. I'm so, thinking of a Frito-Lay commercial. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't know what that Does, means. Doesn't sound like I don't chips. Want, it does. It does kind of. <laughs> All right. So you so you had these two. I mean, from a social conservative standpoint, uh, culture war topics. These were two really big mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. You signed both of them. Mm-hmm. Now, what I have heard is Uh-oh. that you were not on board with abortion clinic regulations, abortion ch- uh, rule changes that you had to be dragged to that topic, and that's why uh, some of these organizations. Uh, aren't on board with you. They're not endorsing you. They went for Ted Budd because they didn't feel like you were uh, leading on these issues and you didn't defend on mm, these issues. I can't respond to that. I don't know what Ted Budd did. I don't remember ever getting a phone call from Ted Budd while I was in the U.S. Congress during the whole gender issue. Not one phone call from Ted Budd going, I'm with you. By the mm-hmm. way, Mark Walker did, mm-hmm. to his credit. Ted Budd never helped on either one of these issues as a U.S. congressman. So I can't answer that question. I, um, you know, we were ahead in the gender debate. You know, I said when I signed that bill that coming down the road is going to be women's sports and women's prisons. I said, we've got to have a logical debate on this. And of course, the woke and the cancel culture of corporate community wouldn't let me have a logical discussion on that. And then after I signed the bill, some of my Republican legislature deserted us. Mm. They just walked away. You want to name any of the names? All of them. All of them. Almost all of yeah, them. Look, they, they stayed away. Dan Forrest picked up some of that slack I saw at the time. Yeah, Dan, Dan I got to give Dan credit. He, yeah. He, he, stayed, he stayed with the gender thing. And, and, you know, I feel very strongly in following science. And I predicted as governor, guys, I've got a, a prison situation right here where I have people who were accused of rape and now want to move to the women's prison. I got a problem with that. Mm-hmm. I, there was a story two days ago I, where some where a, an inmate yeah. somehow or another impregnated other birthing people, which is really weird because this inmate identifies as a birthing person. Right. But is somehow able to knows how the term birthing person's gone now. Now that the abortion issues, the Roe versus Wade. Now it's women's health again. Right we can, now we know what a woman right. is. But I so I'm not I, a biologist. I don't know what the answer. You know, I'm pretty. Look, first of all, I, I don't say crude things. Mm-hmm. I don't yell and scream. 
But I'm very. I've heard. Oh, now hang on. Only during breaks. Only <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. off air, I yell and scream, but not not to you. Uh, but um, you know, maybe the new qualification for some people is you have to yell, scream, be rude, be offensive. I'm not that type, and I'm not going to be. I'm gonna fight re- club conservative. I yeah, think was fight the term. club conservative is. Uh, Fight for something and then lose and accomplish nothing, but you'll be able to say you're a conservative. I'm a conservative who fights for something and tries to get a bill passed. Is that and sign legislation? So is that what happened on HB two and or uh, the abortion regulations? That I tried to have log- I tried to have logical discussions with both. First of all, my Republican delegation, I'd bring them over to the mansion and go, okay, on the abortion bill, which Planned Parenthood fought tooth and nail with me and as they will anything sure anything you know i brought them all over to the governor's mansion including the late ruth samuelson Mm -hmm. who was just a wonderful wonderful person she was really the author of the bill and i me and my uh, health and human services secretary said do you want to pass a bill that will be implemented or do you want to pass a bill that will go to the courts at the time and die so do you want to make a statement or do you want to do something and we convinced them you want to do something and we did and we signed a bill like Survive 72 challenges. hours. And, and, and by the way, during that time, which is kind of ironic, I shut down three abortion clinics through my health and human service. I didn't right. do it for political reasons. I did it for humanitarian reasons because we had a clinic up in Asheville yeah. where you, you were up there. Yeah. Since the now out of business, Planned Parenthood has now taken over that facility. Oh, I did not know that. Oh, yeah. It was called well, FemCare. They're out of business. The facility was horrendous. Right. They were not cleaning... Uh, the Stirrups, tools yeah. or sterilizing the tools or even mopping the floor in between abortions. Mm-hmm. So uh, my health and human services secretary came into my office, said, hey, governor, we have, I think, one in Charlotte, two in Asheville. I can't remember where they were. I think two in Asheville, one in Charlotte or vice, vice versa. versa. Yeah, I know. There, I, I remember. And she came here. off, said, Pat, this governor, this is just, you know, they're they're not treating women right. And it's it's horrible. And I said. She said, we need to shut them down. I said, do it. Mm -hmm. Because she understood the political ramifications. Sure. I said, do what you got to do. Enforce the law. Well, and and at that time, it was right after the Kermit Gosnell horror show up in Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. where we found out later that he was was not able to pass inspections. And then they just quit Mm -hmm. inspecting and they quit reporting because, like you said... The, the topic was too political, right. and they didn't want to be seen as anti-women. So I, so I see a commercial against me, one of $14 million of commercials against me during the last five months. There were $4 million in four weeks saying I'm not a conservative. Well, th- those are pretty conservative things I did that no one else can take credit for. And I'm proud of that because it made common sense. And I'm a common-sense conservative. You shut down an abortion clinic legally— because it's a horrendous facility. Yeah. And I did it. Yeah, and they were not even they were not adhering to standards that vets have to adhere to. No, were, and and one of the things we did in our bill was to make increase the standards right. too and ensure that they're tied to an emergency center. Now right. it's all coming back. I spent a lot of time on this. It's tied to emergency operations, so if something would happen to the woman... You have admitting privileges. You have whatever. admitting yeah. or to the baby, which right. I call it a baby. I do not call it a fetus. Uh, you have admitting facilities, and Planned Parenthood fought us tooth and nail on that. Yeah, but to me, that's common sense. Now, I I said why they wanted to pass a bill that was going to be thrown out in the court within a day, and I went, why do that? Well, we're making a statement, fundraising. No, that that is a lot of it. You get to make the statement. You yeah, get and that's the not the type of governor or mayor I am. Yeah, I'm going. If we're going to do something, do something that can be implemented. 
All right, so do you want you want to just round out the hour? You got some place to go? No, let's do it. All right, I'm fun Pat McCrory. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. Former Governor Pat McCrory is a U.S. Senate candidate. He is in studio with me. Um, I was talking in the last hour about inflation, uh, as well as the interest rates now being hiked in order to try to combat that inflation. You guys talked about this, well, those who showed up, at the last debate. Um, and uh, this is, and you made an interesting comment about things that you hear out when you're on the campaign trail. Is this what you hear? What do you hear? What are these issues that you're hearing people talk to you about? Is it inflation? Is it pocketbook issues? Is it the economy? Inflation. Hang on a second. Yeah. There you go. Inflation and uh, can't find labor. Hmm. So small employers, business owners. Very similar. When I became governor in 2013, uh, you know, we were the fourth highest unemployment rate in the country at the time, and I heard very similar feedback. I know the unemployment rate governor is 9.4%, but we can't find people to work. And so I took it back to my cabinet, and one theory was, well, North Carolina has one of the most generous unemployment compensations in the United States. At that point, I think it was like 500 bucks a month. Yeah, it was a lot. And or plus, a week, rather. And plus it was 15 weeks or 22 weeks at the time, I think. I, I don't have the exact stats yeah, in front yeah. of me, so your callers will correct me. But um, – so I said, well, why don't we reduce the unemployment compensation equal to what Virginia, Tennessee, and South Carolina are paying? Mm-hmm. And we had a huge debate among my cabinet, including with some very conservative members of my cabinet who went, Governor, if you do that, you're going to take money out of the economy. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the recession will get deeper in North Carolina. You know, it calls an effect. Yeah. And I went, hey, they've been doing the same thing under Purdue for three years. Why don't we try something different? And I had empathy, though. I was going, wow, this is going to be a big decision. This was a multi-billion dollar Debt that we owe we had, we to owed the federal two point three billion dollars yeah. that I inherited that right. I didn't know about it until I became governor. Yeah, it was not a campaign issue, so we had that too, plus high unemployment. So I made the decision to lower unemployment compensation to what Tennessee, Virginia, and South Carolina were paying, and that's when Moral Monday started. And my ratings dropped, by the way, because the Charlotte Observer and the Raleigh McCrory doesn't care for the poor, the unemployed. Look what he's doing. And after the first month of making that decision, there was no movement in unemployment. And I'm going, oh, my God. You know, I got all these liberals saying McCrory's evil. Second month, no movement. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, my theory, my conservative theory isn't working. Yeah. Third month, and I think it was September, October of that year, we had the largest drop in unemployment in the United States of America. And then they said, well, that's just because you kicked everybody off of the rolls. And they had to go to work. Right. <laughs> and then what did, so what did everybody do? We had they went to work. They went to work, and the Carolina comeback started. And it was the, probably the most important decision I made as governor, mm. and the most controversial decision, regardless of all the other issues, the social and things of that nature. It was the best decision I made. And then we paid off Dale Falwell. I want to give him a lot of credit. He was running my unemployment. He's doing a great job as treasurer. Uh, Dale Falwell helped me reduce and pay off the unemployment two point three billion. When I left office, we had over four billion for Governor Cooper which they needed during COVID. Right. I'm, I'm so proud of that decision. The reason I'm running for governor, I mean, the reason I'm not governor now, but is because I upset all the liberals. The reason I'm running for the U.S. Senate is because I saw Republicans, including the President Trump at the time, including Democrats, including Republican members of the House that I'm running against, 
vote for the federal government supplementing the state unemployment. Yeah. And I went, what are y'all doing? Federal government's job is not to pay unemployment. That's a state issue. I'm a conservative. That's a state issue. Let them do it. They didn't. In fact, there were Republicans arguing with each other. Well, let's give them another 2000 yeah. a month. I think at times of panic, people abandon some of those principles because they're so afraid of not uh, – they're, they're afraid, like you were saying, like that first month you're watching, the second month well, you're watching. Well, they were watching. trying to buy the Georgia election, too, at the time. Both parties yeah. were trying to buy the Georgia Senate election. Yeah. And they were giving all this money out. And it's one of the major reasons we have inflation today. Yeah. And that's what got me and to quit this well, radio look. show to run for yeah. the U.S. Senate because I went, wait a minute, I've, I've, I've done this game before. And we don't have enough people in the U.S. Senate who know what happens when you do this. Look, Democratic majorities in the U.S. Senate are expensive, Pat. We need yeah. we need well, I must multi-trillion say, Republicans, dollar deficits. Republicans voted for this, too. Yeah, no, I and, get it. And it was signed. I get it. No, but to get just a 50-50 split, yeah. you have to pay a lot of people Absolutely. to vote for you. And that costs future generations lots of money. But I think at the end of the day, it's worth it. Don't and you by think? the way, Ted Budd, who I'm running against, who's supposedly ahead of the polls... His first action as a U.S. Senate candidate was to introduce a bill with some House members, including Phil Berger and including our lieutenant governor, a state bill and a House bill to recommend that we use unemployment money to pay people to go back to work. And it passed the Senate in North Carolina. And I wrote a Facebook, are you kidding? You're growing the nanny state. We're going to start paying people with government money to go back to work. That's not government's job. Mm. This is Ted Budd and Phil Berger. Yeah. And by the way, they they don't bring it up. And Mark. They all went to a press conference. Oh, in Mark Robinson, the lieutenant governor. Yeah, they don't bring it up anymore because they know, oh my gosh, this is liberal. And it died. And Ted Budd's bill went nowhere. In the House, thank God, true conservatism woke up. That's the Ted Budd who wants to be a U.S. senator. So, yeah, and so what, what did he say during uh, the debates about all of that? What did Ted Budd Oh, I'm kidding. I'm yeah. just, look, and, I would have brought it up. I went, yeah. Ted, are you kidding? You wanted to grow the nanny state, and you, you were now running commercials saying, I'm Ted Budd, the true conservative. No, it's a total lie. And um, I'm calling him out. And so is Mark Walker, I might add. Yeah, he has been. Yeah, Mark participated in the debates, and yeah. uh, so is uh, several other people. And, um, you know, there were 10 other people who were running for the U.S. Senate, and they weren't invited. And they would have liked to attend, but Ted Budd did not debate. Yeah. And I know he acts tough at the border. He stands at the border acting all tough in his commercials. You watch too many commercials. Watch too See, just, just skip the commercials. Hey, how TVs. are you going to protect the border if you're not willing even to debate about the border? All righty, there you go. That's uh, but, uh, former governor. Hey, I Pat enjoyed McCoy. it. Oh, it was it was great up. seeing you again, You Pete. too, take Thanks. it easy. Um, hey, vote, regardless of how you're going to vote, vote. Early voting continues. Yep. Elections Tuesday. The turnout's horrendous. That could help you, though.